0: Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Photoshop, who reminds you, we have AI also. Don't just hate on stable diffusion. Episode 259, Tamagui with Nate Weinert. I am not totally sure that I got all of my equipment set up right. So I could be speaking through a different microphone right now. It could be that uh, it is recording on some other software instead of Audacity. I have no idea if like my whole desk got rearranged over over the break. And I don't even remember how to start this podcast. In fact, this is the second time we've tried to start this podcast because the first time was a disaster. (laughs)
1: Uh, did the elves come in and rearrange your office or what happened there?
0: Something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, one elf, one very large elf. <laughs> me. I think my wife would prefer if some other elves would help, uh, including myself, clean up the other the mess. See, the problem is like when I rearrange my office, then a different room gets messier.
1: Well, yeah. So, the me- there's like, no
2: other way to
0: do
1: it. The mess is just transferred. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But my office feels great now. Same. It's awesome as long as I keep the door closed. I also up.
1: clean my office over the break, but the mess is just like somewhere else in my house now.
0: That's just how it works. Yep. I, I did. I did do a bunch of you can kind of see it if you're looking at Zoom, which yes. Jamin's background is very
1: fancy now. I like I like <laughs> that uh, that new artwork behind you. Who's that uh, hockey player in that picture
0: with the Holmgren on the with back? The Holmgren the, on the back. The I don't know who that yeah. could be. Very famous. <laughs> uh, <rec> league goalie, <laughs> ice, ho- ice hockey goalie. Okay, Robin, and then bring uh, up sports
2: references. I'll oh take shoot! It. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Right.
0: Well, it's hard not to. I've got another sports thing behind mm-hmm. me as well. I, let's not get into that. But uh, yeah, so it's been a while. Uh, welcome back, Robin and Mazen. Uh, I guess I should see if I can remember how to do the introductions. I'm Jamin Holmgren, your host and friendly CTO of Infinite Red. Uh, I live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest with my wife and four kids. I play hockey, as you can see over my shoulder, if you're, if you're in the Zoom right now. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's enough about me. I'm joined today by my unique co-hosts, Robin and Mazen, as well as our guest, Nate, who I will be introducing in a second here. Robin is a senior software engineer at Infinite Red. She's located near Portland, Oregon with her husband and two kids and has specialized in React Native for the past five years. Mazen Chami lives in Durham, North Carolina with his wife and baby boy. He's a former pro soccer player and coach and is a senior React Native engineer also here at Infinite Red. Also with us is Nathan Weinert. Uh, He is our guest today, and he is a software developer living in Hawaii with his wife. Uh, Nate works full-time at Vercel on the Preview Comments project, and on the side, he builds Tamagui. Did I say that right? Tamagui?
3: That's something we can try and figure out, but uh, I've been calling it Tamagui. <laughs> Tamagui. So, see, I Tamagui have a question works.
1: specifically about the name of it, so we'll we'll talk about it.
2: <laughs> that works.
0: Awesome. Well, welcome, Nate. Uh, really appreciate having you on. Uh, we, we saw Tamagui uh, last, I don't know, it was, a, it was a few weeks ago and got in touch with you and, and we're like, hey, we got to have you on.
3: <laughs> yeah, thank you.
0: Recently, you uh, you released uh, 1.0, uh, so uh, that, that's great, great timing.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm excited to talk about React and Tamagui and everything else.
0: Yeah, awesome. Uh, before we get into that, uh, this episode is sponsored by Chain React. Chain React is the biggest React Native conference in the U.S. It's going to be happening again in Portland, Oregon. It is uh, We usually get 400, 500 developers there all talking about React Native. It's it's a great time. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Chainreactconf.com. All right, let's get into our topic for today. Uh, Tamagui. So I, I want to start off uh, here, Nate. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. And then uh, feel free to pivot that into how Tamagui came about as well.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you guys covered like the, the high level. I'm in Hawaii. I have a wife. Uh, we actually just moved here earlier this year. Actually, maybe I guess that works as like a sort of segue, which is that before I was here, we were in the Bay Area. Um, I had actually moved out there maybe six or seven years before to start a startup, which was a dev tools startup. Um, it was with like a co-founder, and we were sort of. It, it was. It's funny. It's like you, you kind of chase your tail on the same problems for long periods of time, and you don't catch it for a long time. I, I feel like, in a sense, I've been thinking of Tamagui as like me finally, or you know, trying to catch my tail, or maybe hopefully catching my tail. For Finally, because uh, that startup was it was called Flint originally. And there's like a demo video that's kind of cool on YouTube that we put together that we worked very hard on. And it it was maybe a a bit like uh, Svelte, like it was a compiler. Mm. It Mm -hmm. took it it added a, a new keyword to JavaScript, which was the kind of our thing. It added a view keyword to JavaScript, which worked kind of like a new, it it was for components, basically. So you could do let x equals zero inside of there, and then it would automatically wrap it reactively so that you don't have to do set state and all that stuff. And so that was kind of the idea. It was, you know, a few years before Svelte ever came out, I think it was a good idea. We just, you know, we were first time founder, or like, you know, we were early founders, we had done projects before, but we were, we ended up kind of like pivoting and doing other things. And it was this whole journey. Um, But I think in the back of my mind, I was always kind of just looking at the same problems, which was like, I want to make apps, you know, I want to make them more easily. And like, I want to make them naturally and share the code and all this stuff. And so, uh, kind of like was, was working on that out there. And then when I, when that finally kind of ran out of money and everything kind of folded, uh, just kind of looked around, I was like, I need a job. I need something that's kind of like nice that, that I can, you know, enjoy and like just work at somewhere cool. So Vercel was kind of an obvious choice and then, uh, Vercel's remote first As I think you guys are saying, you guys are too, which is cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that let me just say, like, you know, I've been in the Bay Area now for seven or eight years. And there's nothing technically tying me here anymore. So, decided Mm -hmm. to come out to Hawaii.
1: Was, why not? Yeah. Sounds like the dream.
2: And I love seeing how the sun is rising behind you. When we started, Mm -hmm. it was dark behind you. And now it's slowly getting brighter.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, it's like actually afternoon where Ma's in it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm ready to take my (laughs) afternoon nap.
3: (laughs) It is interesting with work. Like uh, some of my co like one of my coworkers is in Atlanta, so you know, I have to like always kind of front load all my talking and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all
3: my yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is
0: interesting to have uh, uh, people spread across a, a bunch of different time zones. We're we're mostly almost all of us are U.S. time zones, so there's a little bit of a spread, but but not too bad. But what's funny is like every East Coaster that we've hired has been an early bird. It's you like 3 they are all like, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to get up at seven a.m. my time, which is well, four a.m. our time." Get all of their
1: heads down, work done for like that's true. Actually, the first five that's hours of their day, and then they have meetings with us.
2: It is fun.
0: <laughs> it's it's so true, but uh, yeah, I, I am forced to be an early riser because of my kids going to school. But otherwise, I would probably sleep in later and later every day. Uh, so Tamago, just give me kind of a kind of an overview of what it's all about.
3: It, it sort of started as uh, I was working, <clears throat> I've been working on like a project. I was working on kind of a, maybe you could call it just like a, a new Yelp or something like that, like a better way to find local eats that are very good. Um, and so it kind of was born out of that. I think, I mean, it's just kind of like my dream system for building an app. Like, I just think that, you know, it should exist. It was something that's like, ah, I, you know, I looked around. I, I, I think at the time there was only Dripsy, which... I know you guys had uh, Fernando on in a previous episode. Yeah. He's been actually really great. I mean, I, I really am a big fan of Fernando. I think he's just like one of those rare people that just kind of like produces stuff constantly, which is really cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think Dripsy was around and I was like, you know, it, it's cool, but like, at, you know, once you start doing certain things, your whole app slows down. And I had used React Native Web before, um, so I kind of was familiar with the problem space. And, uh, and I had done optimizing compilers before and I knew that that could be a way to solve... Some of these performance issues that I think you run into when you share more than just like the very low, the very leaf level, let's say, views in your app. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's like a, it's just a born out of a desire to be able to like build apps that as a solo, I think it's maybe that's the key thing is like as a small team or as a as a solo developer, <clears throat> as like, a, you know, you, you don't want to rebuild every feature X times for however many platforms you're you're supporting. Uh, I think that's the main goal is like, I want to be able to write an app um, just kind of like, you should be able to share a lot more views. Like I totally understand that, um, you know, it's good to use platform kind of high level things like navigation and and high level views. So I don't think Tamagui is trying to say like, you should use it for every view. Um, I still definitely believe in the React native kind of philosophy of like, you you should target the platform. But there's also no reason that like, a profile view or like a, a settings pane that has inputs and, and stuff like that shouldn't be able to be shared. And I think mm-hmm. what the problem that you run into when you're just doing react, when you're sharing with like react native web is that you're right. You're writing um, responsive stuff in a way that's not um, SSR compatible. And it's also not using CSS media queries in a lot of the libraries and same thing for like hover and other like interactive styles or pseudo styles, I guess you would call them. You end up doing like, you know, state-driven or javascript-driven events that then change the state on on native and so it was just like i want to fix some of those problems where things start getting very heavy on the web and you're not using css and uh and yeah and i mean i've just been working on ui kits in some form or another or like you know front end in some form or another for a long time so it's kind of been a, a an ongoing project maybe for many years
2: what is what is time we
3: built on uh, originally, it was just take. Oh, actually, it's kind of funny. It's built on a lot of stuff. I actually owe a lot of credits. Like, it's it's really a hodgepodge of projects. I think actually the original project was JSX style. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, or I mean, the audience, mm-hmm. most people probably aren't. But uh, it was built by I forget the uh, I forget his name. I, I have his like GitHub avatar in my head right now, but I can't remember his name exactly. But we should add that in or something. But they built like a compiler. It, it was originally that was just like a optimizing compilers so to speak or or it did most of the extraction to css for an older style library and i was just like i want react native support so it was kind of like take react native web originally add jsx styles compiler and then just sort of work from there and then over the time i've actually pulled out react native web because i originally was patching react native web which was kind of a hacky thing so i actually had like yeah. a mm-hmm. you had to run like a build time step that would actually patch. React Native Web, uh, so that it accepted class names because before they just, it just wouldn't until version 18, they just mm-hmm. wouldn't accept class names. And that was the only way I could get a lot of the features working. So it wasn't until pretty far into the betas that like that I got, I was able to get rid of that kind of like whole thing. And that's, that actually was thanks to the fact that they added a uh, class name support in, in version 18. But so it's, a, it's a hodgepodge of projects because it's using, you know, I've copied and pasted a decent amount of code from Radix just to get, like, the, the component API that I think they have that's very nice for, like, some of the higher-level stuff. And I've thrown in, like, you know, floating UI, which is, like, a really great library for all the, all the different floating things. So I'm trying to not do as much as possible. But I think one of the interests... I mean, in the vein of that, before I ramble on too long, which is just that uh, it was... The core library was built on React Native Web, and it used it for all mm-hmm. the style stuff. And I've actually mostly because of the fact that I couldn't do class name. But now it's kind of nice in a different way because the core style library for Tamagui actually doesn't have really any dependency. It uses this one tiny dependency for colors. But other than that, it has no dependencies, uh, which is pretty nice because it means that if you aren't using, like if you're just doing, say, like a marketing page or something on the web that doesn't necessarily need all of React Native, you can actually use Tamagui as like a web-only style library and you don't have to bring along Mm. React Native web at all. That's right, which so
1: like React, the way React Native Web is like React Native first with like Web added in. This is maybe sort of the opposite. You've approached it to be like Web, mostly Web inspired.
3: Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. It's like uh, it's kind of Web first, and then you can like add native. Maybe that's a way of looking at it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I, I I do need to get in this one really really important question, which is <laughs> is the name inspired or at all related to Tamagotchi? because that is Ooh. absolutely the first thing i thought We of. need
3: to know that yeah <laughs> Uh yeah the the good news is that yes uh Okay Ooh. i think so i <laughs> Mystery think the, solved. the journey, yeah i think the journey was originally it was called snack ui uh because it had stacks mm. and it was very uncreative mm-hmm. and i was like stacks i like snack and then i think <laughs> i called it snack ui and then i think the expo guys reached out and they were like hey we kind of use snack for like a few things and i was like actually that's fair a i didn't really few things i didn't really think <laughs> about that that you guys use snack uh so i was like what do i call it and then i don't know how i got i mean really i don't know exactly how i got there but i think i was thinking of like other foods and then i was thinking of like oh well tamago's like egg and then i like and then tamagotchi and then gooey was there right so
1: it's just yeah. natural progression
3: That's yeah, it. a great name it really is <laughs> It's better than snack. Uh, know, I, that's had, for sure.
1: <laughs> well, Tamagotchis <laughs> are coming back in. I've noticed like they were it's gone so for mad. a long time, but yeah. you can get them again. Anyway, I, I just—I was a really important thing on my mind. I wanted to get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about like who who else is building this with you? Like, who's on the team? Do you have a funding source? Is there a company that's sort of sponsoring it? Like, who? Yeah. Who's who's behind Tamagui other than yourself?
3: Yeah, good question. Um, Actually, uh, it's sort of like luck that that it exists, because like in a sense, like I mentioned, I had this startup before and it was kind of winding down that we had pivoted a few times. We had done a bunch of stuff and I think I just had like a little bit of funds left. And so I was working Mm -hmm. on this project and I think it was like luck that I had just a little bit of funding left over that I was able to just kind of like work on whatever so it it was a passion project it was born out of that other project that i've that i've just been hacking on it's kind of like the genesis project of tamagui of, of tamagui yeah which is like this food food search app but uh yeah so like i was running out of money there and i was like okay i have maybe i need to start applying for a job and uh and I'm not going to finish this app anytime soon. <laughs> the, the the app that I'm working <laughs> on. I was like, that's obviously still like at least a year or two away from being ready. But the UI kit that I've been working on with it is honestly like if I did work really hard, maybe I could get it out while I'm interviewing for jobs. Uh, so that was like October last year. And I was or like maybe September, October last year. And I was like, OK, I'm just going to like drop everything on this app. I'm going to try and just release this project because it's worth it. I think Stylex, there was like a lot of. Rumors even that at that time a year plus ago that like Silex was coming out. And I was like, oh man, it's gonna happen again. Cause I, I built this thing called Reap a long time ago. And it was like uh maybe like Ionic or like I think it's called Capacitor mm-hmm. now or something. Like it was like mimicking iOS and Android on the web, but like making yeah. it very close. And so I built that app a long time ago. I went to the first React conference uh ever as like i was all excited to show it to people i'm like super stoked because i've been working on it a bunch to get it ready for the conference and uh it's like the first day of the conference and i'm sitting down i'm watching like this thing and then they they announce react native and i was like cool (laughs) you know like it was like (laughs) it was like cool but shit uh (laughs) yeah Yeah, it takes yeah thunder there wow yeah so it was kind of a thing where i like a lesson that I should have learned. Cause I was like, okay, so lesson is maybe don't do things that like Facebook could be doing. Uh. <laughs> 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 and um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was like a whole thing. And then, but then I was like, you know, Silex was getting kind of, they were like, there were some tweets about it. It's going to come out soon and it's a compiler. And I was like, Oh man, I've got this compiler thing. Like it's going to happen again. Um, but whatever. Like I was like, I'm not, I haven't learned the lesson. Like just release it. Like, at least I'll be able to release at the same time. Like it's, it seems, and it seemed like they weren't doing native stuff. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just have the native thing. So I, I kind of, that was the, the motivation to release it. And uh, no, it's just me uh, so far. It's just been me. I'm working on this. I mean, uh, Vercel's is very kind to like kind of like give me some bandwidth to, to like focus on it. And uh, we'll see, like, there's some chances for them to start using it more internally. Uh, I don't think there's anything official at all, but um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that that, that will kind of keep progressing and, but yeah, um, you know, there's definitely a lot on my mind right now with 1.0, like how do I make it sustainable and and how do I keep doing that? But I actually, you know, like I I'm not looking to rush into like a VC type thing. I actually kind of have really enjoyed being able to like keep it small and and just do what I want day to day, and so I'm I'm very hopeful that maybe I can find a path to like do it uh my way, I guess, so to speak, like not not go, you know, rocket ship it or anything like that. That's
2: amazing. Yeah. Before we get
0: too much further, because I I do want to I want to deep dive more into Tom, Tamagui and and you know the features that are available and things like that, but th- there were a few alternatives out there, um, you know already uh, when when you started working on it or at least when you you know got to the point where you were really fleshing it out, and you know I don't know Dripsy and some some others that that were out there. So what what about? those things didn't really solve your problem that you're trying to solve or maybe their approach wasn't aligned with what you wanted to do
3: well keep in mind that like you know i think everyone's irrational and probably if i was sort of trying to be like oh i'm gonna get my app out you know like if i was being really rational about this startup like i probably wouldn't have built Tomagui, you know what i mean like i do think that if you're just trying to ship something like um it's a lot of the times that you can get away with Bad performance and i think drip and and even mm-hmm. you know all the other ui kits are, are are pretty fine like they they will work for especially for an mvp um so i will say that like you know some of it is just me i've been gnawing on this sort of bone for so long and like i do know that at the for like an app that's really getting a little bit more depth and is getting a lot more elements on the screen I've, i definitely have felt the pain where like it's just annoying to have to spend a lot of time on performance when you when you don't want to be doing that for For your app and Mm -hmm. i was spending for this app you know it's again like imagine like a yelp type screen where you have a search results page that is actually pretty performance sensitive because you have pretty a lot of items in the list in each list item so to speak that you're showing you want to show a lot you want to show the star ratings a summary of like comments you want to show a bunch of images you want to show like a bunch of little meta details and all that stuff and so you end up with say 25 or even 30 different like sub components in each list item and then you want to show ideally as many list item As possible, you know, and you want to have that scroll pretty fast when you swipe down and you have like an infinite list and then you end up with virtualization. And it's just anyone who's been there, I guess, building an app screen that has like more than say 30 or 40 elements that need to be on the screen at a time knows that like Mm -hmm. you start paying a lot for render time, um, especially. And then on the web, you know, you resize your browser. And everything, if, mm-hmm. if you're not using media queries and if you are re-rendering in React, you're going to have a, just a terrible experience for like how fast the, the, the site can can resize. So those are two things that I'd say like I ran into. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, it's not something that you need to do, but it is nice that like if you chose Tamagui, you could probably avoid quite a bit more of the time that you have to spend in that area of like worrying about, oh, do I have a budget for kind of how many elements I'm rendering?
1: It's really incredible. We were I was looking at the like on the website you use the phrase automatically fast. Uh and there's a little comparison between like Tamagui and React Native web and, and Dripsy and uh native base which is quite quite a lot slower. Um and it sounds like uh, you've you've touched on it a bit already, but I mean what's going on under the hood? What are the primary things going on under the hood that make it so much more performant than the alternatives and like you've talked a little bit but like what's the magic
0: yeah it's like it's a compile time thing right it's Mm -hmm. not a runtime necessarily
1: yeah
3: yeah um also by the way shout out you know uh native base they've been awesome they've been very like um supportive and i i i always kind of like i don't
0: they're they're great people over there
3: yeah oh yeah Yeah. we we have a
1: we've had a long a long-standing relationship with native base we like them over there
3: okay cool yeah no i i always feel like you know you want to i mean they've also they've been around they have a much more feature complete ui kit they've got like quite mm-hmm. a they got really great accessibility from what i hear so i mean shout out to, to native base they've been very cool even though i've definitely been pressing on the performance side we, but we um, had
1: a song kit on the on the show
3: a while we need back. Have him again. Yeah, yeah a while back yeah he seems like a really nice guy i haven't i haven't met, but uh it's it's been cool actually to like you know, you come out and you compete, but it's I think it's maybe like in a lot of sports where like you have respect, like a lot of respect for the people that are just doing like cool stuff. So I have a lot of respect for everyone mm-hmm. that's, that's doing that. And they they do have a lot of like a lot of stuff in there. Like it's a very feature complete UI kit that can get you pretty far, especially for like a lot of a lot of types of apps, I think. Um, but anyways, uh, to get to the yeah, what it does, um, I think so. Like, yeah, so part of it is just extracting CSS. I think, you know, you pull out CSS at build time. Um, and you're going to do a lot of good for your app because there's less JavaScript to parse and there's less, you know, you don't have to do stylesheet insert, uh, which is, can mm-hmm. cause repaints and reflows and, and, uh, it, you know, cause it's happening as you're doing your first render. It can, it can very much trip up the like browser, uh, paint and layout engines. Um, so part of it is pulling out CSS and that's, that's great for, you know, a few reasons, not, not having to do JS, not having to do these layouts and, and stuff on, on the first render. But the cooler thing that I think that Tamagui does that's kind of novel and was kind of added, I, th- I think it was added by me after JSX style. I kind of like eventually got to this point where I realized that you could flatten things, which I know it kind of, there's a lot of lip service to flattening. And I honestly, I need to write maybe and show it, it more clearly of what I mean by that. But the idea is that you make these styled components right so you you use the styled factory function just to make like a styled component Mm -hmm. and give it some properties and all this stuff right and so you end up uh, and that's and that's a nice thing to have you want to like build up this like kind of like system of default components that maybe have like different properties that they accept and they're used all throughout your ui kit or your app um but the the thing is like for example on the on the website homepage, there's, like, this little example where it shows, like, a fake kind of safari for the for the responsive, I think, section. It's maybe a third or fourth mm-hmm. section. And uh, it shows, like, a little fake browser window that's, like, you know, f- it's I think it's 500 mm-hmm. pixels squared or something like that. And that browser window, for example, has... Uh, that's actually the most optimized thing on the homepage, um, which I think it has 49... Um, component, styled components that are actually turned and flattened into just a div. Um, so what wow. what happens is like wow. if if you're not spreading, so you have to kind of know the the rules. And like I definitely will put together a document on this at some point. That's kind of like how to not deoptimize Tamagui, which is like there's a couple of rules basically. One is spreading. So like if you spread like dot 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 props down onto yeah. a styled component, that will deopt because it doesn't know you know mm. what's coming in. And the other thing yeah. is, like, just any dynamic. So, like, if you, say, like, you know, import a complicated function and then run that function and then use that to, like, say, do a style or something like that. Like, so if you do, like, a very complicated sort of... Calculating width or something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, some, some complicated thing. Maybe you take a prop and then you, like, add something to it. So it just can't do anything there. Um, so as long as you avoid those sort of things and you're just kind of using your styled components or the, you know, the stack and text that come with Tamagui what it'll do is it'll say like, okay, I can analyze all the properties on this stack that you've used in this, in this view. It's like, you've set it like width and you've set background color and everything that you've Mm -hmm. done is understandable to the compiler. It'll actually just swap out a div there instead of a stack. And then it'll just put the class name directly on there and it'll extract the CSS. And that's pretty huge. Like it's, it's, if you look at like especially for react native actually so on the web maybe it's a little bit less like i've looked at like stitches for example was an inspiration as well in some cases and stitches does like it's pretty fast actually even when it has to run the component because it just doesn't use that many hooks internally it doesn't use that many it doesn't like process the styles that much it kind of is smart about all of that so yeah like so running that extra step it does cost but it's not a huge cost but then once you add in react native and the full React Native API set, which is quite a quite a lot more. It's got the press events. It's got like all these things. They require hooks. I think like the typical view in React Native uses like, I, I actually I don't don't know, but it uses more than like, let's say five hooks or something like that per component, plus looping over all the props a few times and doing a bunch of like transformations, creating a bunch of objects. So just in that little Safari, like fake Safari thing, you have 50 less components that have to like run all of that logic on mount, which is just a. Really, I mean, it's hard to get around that that really does make a big difference. Um, so I would say that's like the that's the big win that didn't come until mm-hmm. later. I didn't even realize that that was a kind of a cool thing until later. But once it once I, well, I think of atomic styling and the CSS stuff kind of once that fell into place, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the only thing that's that's output, you know, at the end of the day. So there's no need to have an extra component in the tree.
0: You could do that manually, but but that would be, it'd be a lot harder. You'd have to really be thinking and you'd have to have a lot of discipline and consistency. Um, and so by having the compiler do it, you can kind of build things how you would normally build them with a few rules, like you said, um, and then have the compiler optimize it under the hood.
3: Yeah, that's, the, I mean, that's the whole thing is that like, I think you could do, I mean, and then again, the thing is, how would you do that universally? Because like, you could do that yeah, right. uh, yeah. for the web. Yeah,
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you'd yeah, have exactly. to have separate components that are imported per, and you'd have to write it twice or more. Um, so, yeah, no, this this sounds way better. Are there any trade-offs there? Like, like when you're doing that, does it... Do you, do you find... Um, are there some situations where the compiler gets it wrong, for example?
3: That's a good question. I mean, there are trade-offs. The, I would say the trade-offs are... One is a little bit of complexity, obviously. You have to, like, set up a build time thing. Uh, two is a little bit of build time cost, um, which... You have to like pay for, you know, it's, it's got to, it uses Babel currently, which it would be nice to maybe in the future, do that with something fancy, but, uh, it works and it also doesn't have to scan most of your file, you know, like it can sort of do heuristics to be like, well, this file doesn't even import anything from Tamagui. So, you know, it doesn't, don't have to like check that file. So, but yeah, so I would say a little bit of complexity cost of setup, a little bit of cost of build time, although that's motivated me to make everything work without the compiler. So that's kind of a, that's what motivated that. I was getting a lot of questions early on, like, oh, do I, you know, a lot of people struggling to set it up or a lot of people just saying like, uh, you know, do I have to set it up and stuff like that? So I, I ultimately went with this model that costs a little bit more in bundle size because you have to ship all of Tamagui every time. And maybe in the future there's a way to get around that. But uh, so I actually recommend not turning on the compiler in dev mode because, uh, you know, just wait, wait till you like, see if you like Tamagui, you know, see if like, try Mm -hmm. it don't even set up the compiler if 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 it seems to work for you then it's kind of like a bonus it it still runs pretty fast actually i think even in comparisons it's still i think it's still near the top without the compiler and then the compiler just kind of like does that extra magic and then yeah you touched on correctness um you know there's always a chance and and there is there i would bet that there's probably still some like edge case correctness bugs like here and there um i've definitely that's been a huge focus getting to 1.0 was like uh, stomping out a bunch of those like things and also just trying to simplify kind of like the structure of it to get it to be like, so that it's harder for it to be incorrect. Um, so it's close. It's, I think it's uh, the website, you know, has like tons and tons of pages, tons of demos, and it's hundred percent across all of those, which is pretty good. Um, but the nice thing is you can disable it per file. Um, so you can put a disable like a pragma at the top of your file. If you want to disable it for the file, it's a nice way to also sanity check. If you're just like developing with it and you're like, is this caused by tamagui or is this just like something i'm doing so you can disable it um yeah so i think there's like fall there's fallbacks you know disabling per file or disabling it altogether um and there is some risk like you know it's, it's a cost for me to maintain um so there's some risk there too
2: The next thing i want to talk about is animations in general so first thing correct me if i'm wrong here it seems like you are giving the uh, developer the option to choose between react native animation uh, animated versus reanimated.
3: Is that correct? Yeah, there's also a CSS um, for the web. Plugin. For the
2: web. Cor- mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Cool. I, I really like that idea of like the plugin aspect where, you know, you do at Tamagoe slash reanimated um, animations dash animated package. It's almost like a plugin. You kind of mm-hmm. need to opt into it. Can you kind of go into like why you went in with that kind of like plugin perspective? And then is there a performance hit In that, because now we're, you know, we're bringing in more, what sounds like dependencies on board. And then which one do you recommend? Because I know reanimated works on web and React Native too. Sorry, so many animation questions, but I feel like (laughs) I want to kind of go through all of them.
1: It's a big, it's one of the biggest like headaches when you're trying to share code between platforms.
2: Exactly. Sharing the platform code and then not just, you know, once we, mainly from our React Native side, we're always trying to make sure it's optimized. It's not jittery and stuff like that so there's a lot of like
3: things to keep in mind with this yeah actually in a way it's kind of cool to be interviewed by people who are just like you know building react native stuff every day uh because in a sense i think you guys have more experience than i do you know i've built react native apps but i'm not it's it hasn't been like a continuous thing for me um so it's 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 i'll actually maybe have some interesting like follow-ons for you guys but yeah i mean um the animation stuff is you know it's I, I it's one of those things where i was like I was looking at it um and I was like I'm not going to do this for 1.0 because it's it's a whole beast and like I mm-hmm. don't think that you know w- like I don't think animations are necessary but it, I don't know I kept thinking about it I was looking at Moti I think Fernando released like you know Moti and in playing mm-hmm. with reanimated yeah. and stuff like that and I it just it's one of those things where I was like how am I going to do the compiler with animations is mm-hmm. it going to work and it's one of those things where like I think there's this like mantra of uh What's the mantra where it's like, get it, get it working, get it right, make it fast or something like that. Like make it work, Mm -hmm. make it right, make it fast or something like that. But I do think there's, there's something that's like, yeah, the, the make it right. It's, it's very like, you know, Tomagui makes it fast. Right. But it was like the animations to me was like this scary cliff. Like I've, you know, in past uh, UI kits that I've built, I've actually ran into a thing where I was like, oh shit, like that feature that I implemented before it's it's really not like it doesn't work now with like atomic css i think that's what i ran into this whole problem where i like i had to refactor the whole style engine and then it just fell apart because it was like uh oh, like all these features that i put together they don't really work together and animations mm-hmm. to me was like that dragon where it was like how is it going to work with like compiling and with like cross-platform and it just seemed like such a it seemed worth kind of like poking into at least and then uh yeah and so i just poked into it and i thought I think like where it's at is it's nice, but it's also, I would say the animations part is kind of like, it's still a, very much a work in progress. There's, there's so much cool stuff that could be done, but uh, uh, I don't know, like, okay, so reanimated seems it's very cool. And I also think it seems to be moving much faster. And I, I would love, I think I'd prefer to use that if possible. Um, but it also has been harder to build uh, due just due to like, you know, the setup. And, and I think it's got like this, it's as a library, especially, it's been kind of hard because I had problems with the bundlers kind of picking up um, the what is the directives that you have to use and stuff like that when it was in a third party mm-hmm. library and all this stuff. Um, so right now, I would say the the React Native Animations one is definitely much better tested because that's the one that I've been using um, for like all my testing. I think the reanimated one needs some love. But the plugability is I, I mean, yeah, it was just something that was like it would be really nice to just use CSS on the web. That's such a, cause reanimated is pretty big. And so is react native animated. It's react native animated is also very big. Um, so mm. uh, that was kind of, I think that was the driving force behind that and getting API to kind of work, you know? Yeah, no, Th- that all makes sense. I,
2: it is a beast, a dragon, like you said, <laughs> and you got it working, which is, which is big first step. I think now just kind of iterating on it, improving on it. and. I mean, reanimated too. And I feel like they're just plugging out this. Self-Dimension is doing this like really fast. Um, I think with the new architecture, there's a new version bump that's going to happen soon. So there's a lot going on there to kind of keep up with. The demo works great, I think. So this is pretty cool.
1: Um, We're getting low on time, which is unfortunate because I could ask you questions for a long time. But um, the last sort of technical question I wanted to dive into just a little bit uh, is the question of accessibility, which has been a topic um, that React Native Web has sort of famously struggled with because of the use of just like div soup instead of semantic UI and, and what impact that has for screen readers and other accessibility tools. How is Tamagui handling accessibility and, and making sure that that problem is solved or at least addressed.
3: Yeah. I think it's something that that's the area that Tamagui's needs to get better at. Um, Just in general, I haven't really done much beyond support the accessibility props that react Mm -hmm. native supports. Um, It does support tags though. So you Mm. can set the final tag name and the compiler does that too. When it does the flattening, which is pretty nice. So when it flattens a view, it it will keep it as whatever tag that you specify. So, so I do use that uh, on the website and, and in other places too. So I guess in that sense, I hadn't really thought about that as accessibility rather than just like semantic correctness or whatever, but yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm, It's it's accessible as well, but it is something that I've gotten feedback on, which is that the components at least in the UI kit could use some, some love in terms of that. And I, that's something that I definitely want to focus on in the future, but yeah, I mean, you can use all the accessibility props and you can set a tag so you can set it to span Mm -hmm. or, or section or article. That's
1: actually, that's actually quite useful. Um, Good. I'm glad it's a it's it's being talked about, which is not true of um, all libraries like this. It's it can tend to be an afterthought, um, or just like yeah. deprioritized altogether. Yeah, very much so.
0: I feel like we, as a React Native community, uh, and the broader React community as well, have been sort of searching for this holy grail of of like uh, you know sharing code between web and and mobile. I'm loving seeing libraries and and efforts by talented programmers like you coming out options like this so kind of give me the the elevator pitch of when would i consider using tamagui for my app like what what would be a situation where i'm going into you know creating a new app what does that look like when when it's it's like tamagui would work really well for this is it every app or is it like more focused than that
3: I want to say that like, I do think it's, I mean, okay, I think if you're considering React native, if you're considering the React ecosystem, I I want to say that I think it, uh, because like, again, I designed it for myself and for like someone who wants to share more code and ship a little bit quicker, right? So I do think that, yeah, like if you're a small team, it's amazing. But I also think that I mean, I don't know what else you would use. I guess even as a bigger team, like to get better. Like I think it's also got all these really advanced kind of things that it does that don't exist yet. So I mean, I would like to selfishly say that uh, if you're doing React Native, I think it's it's worth at least looking at. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's got the starter. So uh, you know, maybe the maybe the the other thing you could say is that it's a little bit. It's got a little bit of complexity, like in terms of design. You have to set up a design system. Um, You have to set up some stuff. So even in that sense, maybe if you're just really prototyping stuff out, don't don't use it. I would say maybe in the very small case of just prototyping and just playing around with stuff, there is some Mm -hmm. complexity cost. But there is also the starter kit that I think gets you set up with a pretty nice setup. So if you're okay with next and expo, uh, it's kind of pre set up and it's you know, you can eject expo or whatever. But like I, I think as long as you're okay starting from that, then the starter will get you very far. Um, if you're just like, you don't want to set up a bunch of stuff, you don't need a design system, then, um, Tamagui may not be for you, but, uh, yeah, smaller, large teams. I think it's, it's, uh, it's worth considering.
0: We'll link to the starter kit. And of course, Tamagui's website, which is, I think just Tamagui.dev. Um, it is, yeah. Tamagui.dev. And, uh, the announcement, um, I've got a few other links in there, JSX style, Dripsy, uh, I've got a link to your GitHub sponsorship, which helps support your open source efforts, um, Stitches, some other things like that. So check out the show notes if you are listening and interested. We hope you are, because this looks really cool. Uh, n- nice job on this, Nate. Congrats on getting 1.0 out the door. That's that's pretty exciting.
3: Thank you, guys. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this has been very chill, and I really enjoyed talking to you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish we had more time. Like, this would be a, that, a great, like, the we deep go dive. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, maybe we can do something uh, a little later uh, and come back and see what you've been up to. Uh, really, really appreciate having you on. Uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, where, where can people find you online uh, if they're, you know, interested in in asking you questions or, or just following along with your progress?
3: Yeah, I think uh, my Twitter, Nate Birdman, is kind of like the main source. And then if you're getting into Tamagui, highly recommend joining the Discord. It's very active, lots of people there. So twitter or discord perfect
0: you can find robin at robin underscore Heinz. you can find mazin at mazin chami and you can find me at jamin holmgren you can find react native radio at react native rdio on twitter and as always thanks to our producer and editor todd worth our assistant editor and episode release coordinator jed bartoski our designer justin husky and our guest coordinator Derek greenberg thanks to our sponsor chain react go check it out chainreactconf.com uh, we'll work on Nate to see if we can get him there at some point. That'd be fun. Uh, thanks to our other sponsor, also Infinite Red. Check us out at infinite.red/reactnative, and make sure you subscribe. Send this uh, send this episode over to people, you know, someone who you would think might be interested in, uh, you know, cross platform UI frameworks and and you know optimizations, performance, all that stuff. Uh, I think this is a this is a good one to to listen to for that. So. Robin, do you have a mom joke to send us out in style?
1: I do. Uh, Shamelessly stolen from our company Slack, Frank Calise. If you're listening, you get credit for this one. Uh, I got a sweater for Christmas, and it was picking up static electricity, so I returned it to the store. Do you know what they did? What? They gave me another one free of charge.
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Thanks so much, Robin. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you all next time.